Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At the UPS store, we want to make this summer the summer of shipping. Summer Shipalooza. So you can start crossing items off your must-ship list. Like the vintage film camera your college kid needs for class. Or the vase you told your mom you would send her ages ago. And with our pack and ship guarantee, your items arrive safe or we reimburse you. So stop by your local store today for everything you need to be unstoppable. Visit the upsstore.com slash guarantee for full details. Available at participating locations. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. You're going to make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to this Christmas episode of the Good Food Podcast. I'm Tom Kerridge, and in this special Christmas series, we'll be chatting about all things Christmas, from handmade gifts, ideas for your leftovers, and everything in between. And in this final episode of the Christmas series, we talk leftovers with Orlando Murrin and our special guest, award-winning TV chef and musician, Big Zoo. There are Christmas confessions, guilty pleasures, and, of course, we discuss the ultimate leftover sandwich. Okay, so we are sat around the table. There's me, there's Zoo, and there's Orlando. But most importantly, in the middle of the table, there is some mince pie brownies. So Zoo's already got his his eyes set on them. I'm going, how many are you going to go for, Chief? I'm going to try four. Four. <laughs> You're going to try four. But I have to see how one makes me feel. Yeah, I was going to say, let's try one. Feel free. Let's try one. Orlando, get yourself in. Um, the point mince of these pie is brownie. that there's an actual, your actual mince pie is in the middle of this brownie. I've never seen anything like it. I know. It's a, it, a thing of amazement. Well, it's a kind of a thing of leftover, isn't it? What, what are we making, Zoo? What are we saying? It tastes like a chocolate orange. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that the perfect thing for Christmas? I mean, oh. it's not really, I don't like chocolate orange, but if you do, this is your vibe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's very chocolatey. I don't like chocolate orange, but it, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that challenge of eating four of them now beginning to go, yeah, maybe I'll just do the one. Yeah, yeah maybe we just do the one. <laughs> For me, that works. Mm. Yeah. It does. It's surprisingly satisfying. It looks fantastic because you can see the whole of the mince pie peeping at you from within the brownie. I think the, <laughs> I think, I think the important part is still the brownie being soft. That's what you want. You don't mm-hmm. want it overcooked because otherwise you've got the pastry that sits through it overcooked brownie and then the pastry but it is a nice way of using leftovery stuff up mm. 
One million percent. One million percent. It, to make to make that little brownie batter and cover it in your old mince pies that you might throw away. That's it. Give them a new life. Left leftovers. Listen, you've recently opened a pop up which was themed around uh, foods that we are most likely to waste. Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it, Zoo. Um, so I'm just ingesting a brownie mince pie right now, and I've got the little end bit where it's just brownie. Oh, that's the best. Bit. So you get a little chocolate finish. <laughs> um, oh, that was really nice. Um. We pop up, yeah, it was a place called Basin Bab. We looked at the food that foods that are most wasted within like kitchens and stuff. You know, certain types of veg, certain types of meat and poultry. Um, created some interesting dishes with them. Leftover foods really, really got a big place in my heart. I come from a Sierra Leonean background. My mum used to freeze stew in the ice cream tub. You know, you open the fr- freezer thinking you're gonna get a nice vanilla ice cream. I mean, it's just a random shoot for three months ago, <laughs> you know? So leftovers always been a big part of my life, but understanding this impact in food, especially working within television, um, you know, working on a, on a food set, you see how much food does get wasted. Um, trying to combat that. We were trying to promote um, the show that we, we, we do, like Big Eats and stuff, and we thought it would be nice to just combine a problem that's going on in the world and also promoting our programme so we put it together in this one beautiful place. And what foods did you find that are, are, are we most likely to be wasting? What are the things that are being used up the most? Well, it's, it's all types of veg, yeah? All types of veg in the kitchen, you know, it, it, whether they go old or whether you just have, have too much, they, they're most likely to get wasted and it's, it's all different types of veg, whether it's like broccoli, onions, X, Y, Z. So... It was using up that. And then chicken. Chicken breast is a big problem as well. Really? Why, yeah. why is that? Do you think? Because there's so much of it. Everyone's buying There's so much chicken produce. Yeah. So it's the one protein that everyone goes to when they go shopping. They go to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. That's what they buy. Yeah. And then it gets to the sell-by date. They haven't cooked it yet. They just bought so much of it. They've got to use it up. Exactly that. And um, it's it's understanding different ways to use your, your meat and fish that you buy before it goes off, you know? I, I did a campaign a couple of years ago, which is about used by and best before and understanding the language behind that and you know some people will see something that is a best before and throw it away on the date that it says because they think they're thinking that it's used by because yeah. when something's best before it doesn't mean that you can't eat it just means that it was best before that time whereas if something is used by it means that after this time it is not good to con- consume for your health you know things like meat and just certain produce that you can't have for a certain amount of time but things like milk and bread you should use your senses. This is it. We've got built-in systems. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, we've got eyes mm-hmm. and we've got nose and we've got taste buds and touch and feel. Mm-hmm. And you can see, you know when something is not right. Yeah, one million percent. And you see um, brands and companies now um, removing the date from um, bits of produce that, you know, maybe like tangerines or tomatoes, you know, stuff where before it would say best before this date and you'll see, okay, it's the 30th today. I've got to throw this away now. Yeah. Whereas now people are going to be like, well, there's no date. So now I just have to use my mind. What about leftovers though f- for you then around Christmas? Because is Christmas still, like it's a big thing for everybody because people, yeah. <laughs> people are mad. Like I remember, so I'm a lot older than you, but there was a point where the shops and they would shut for a long time. <laughs> Christmas now, <laughs> the shops are closed. Like for one day, one day only. It's only one day you can't yeah. go to the shops, but still people buy so much stuff. Uh-huh. So there's always like loads of leftovers. What's a, what's a go-to leftover after Christmas for you? I mean, for me, I come from a house where there was only three of us, me, my mom and my little brother, but we'll still make a massive Christmas dinner. Um, but we, li- we, li- we lived growing up in Victoria 
um, after I moved from where I was. I moved around when I was like 14, 15. So I spent a lot of time living in Victoria and there's a big homeless population there. There's a lot of homeless people there. So when we used to make our, our Christmas dinner, we'd give away the leftovers to the people on our street. And it became like a thing that we started doing every Christmas. So a lot of times, like, as soon as we finished eating, I was packing it up, ready to go, making sure that the food's still warm to go downstairs. But it, the, I think my favourite thing is something that I made with um, Ed Gamble, which is a new one. It's a sandwich. So it's a, it's a Christmas sandwich. You just get all the, the trimmings, your turkey, X, Y, Z. But then you get your gravy, your leftover gravy that's solidified. You heat it up, you get a piece of bread and you dip it in the gravy. And then you put that in the middle of the sandwich. Oh, I And then like you have like that. this gravy layer of bread. Yeah. I like In between. That. See, there's a new thing that's floating around as well. It's like gravy mayo. Like, yeah, Grail. Like, yeah. Oh, Grail. oh what's Grail? What, well, how do you well, know? I love oh, anything mayonnaise and I'm sold. What is it? Have you not heard of no, this? No, 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 no. Tell me Grail. It is the you put in gravy in mayonnaise. Just lightly beating. Or is it Pretty warm? Much, is it yeah. warm and no, well, it, no, no. Yeah, well, no, it'll have to go in cold because otherwise it'll split the mayonnaise. But yeah. you, put it, you put it in cold. So you make that. You know, like people are making, I don't know, undo a mayonnaise or making uh, d different flavors, uh, flavored mayonnaises. Yeah. Gravy mayonnaise is yeah. the Graham, Graham, I love that with a bit of black pepper. <laughs> Very nice. No, we love Graham. I do love a bit of Graham. So, what do you put that in a sandwich? Then that is your big thing. We will go with like a gravy, kind of soaked bit of bread or yeah. Graham in a sandwich. I, I never understood. It's an Ed Gamble thing. I cooked for Ed Gamble. He told me he loved it, so we made it for him, and then it made so much sense. When you're biting through the sandwich, you get this like gravy. You get that because you're missing the gravy in the sandwich. You can't just cover it in gravy. But if you get the bread soaked in it, right in the middle. It soaks up all the joy and goodness and it gives it this weird layer of like, it's like liquidy layer of bread. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, it I, sounds better. It, it does sound like good, but it tastes better. <laughs> you know when you get a sandwich that's really, really, really tall? I find, yeah. I, I, find I can't open my mouth wide enough to yeah. get it in. Do, what, how does one tackle that? Just one kind of hack press at the sandwich important. or just... <laughs> no, the sandwich press is important. You squash the whole thing down. I love a squash them. I've got the, the grill, yeah. you know, where you just... Get it right in the grill. And if you ain't got a grill, get it in your oven. Just put a pan on top of it. Right. Crush it down. Right. And all, it's also good to put stuff in foil. Sandwiches must need foil and greaseproof paper. To squeeze. Know, to squeeze. You, some people, when you make a sandwich, if you just make a sandwich raw in the, in the air, open, you don't get that level of compression. That's why it's like a burrito. You know, like a burrito. Burrito looks like it's too much to handle. But then once you cut open that little bit of foil, you're like, you know what? I can bite it from the side. Make it work. Where they're pressed together, all the ingredients become good friends. They all get to know each other. It's like it's like a really good party where everybody's like pressing together. Yeah. You're off to do a gig this evening. It's a big rave. Yes. Everyone's pressing together. They all get to know each other. <laughs> By the thing. end of the evening, it's the same as a sandwich filling. It's exactly yeah. the same. Burrito, rave, same thing. Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone's getting to know each other. But on Christmas, so on Christmas, what are you cooking on Christmas Day? I love turkey. Uh, I have this argument with people all the time. People think turkey's dry. They just don't know how to cook it. Yeah. Um, how are you cooking it? I just it, let it four four million years outside and pray that everything goes well. Put it in some brine. Love a brine. Yeah. We love a brine. I, if, some people think brine's not important. I'm, I'm like not fancy at all. If you don't want to brine your, your meat, that's fine. Yeah, that rhymes as well, which is great. But I love a brine. Very simple. Vinegar, lemon, all them things there. A bit of salt, water, all that, all that joy. And then, for me, you just got to get under the skin of the turkey. 
I thought that's a really important layer. Like once you get it out of your brine, give it a nice wash. When you're seasoning, whether you make like a rosemary butter or you just want to season it with some olive oil, get under that skin. It's quite hard to learn the technique to pull skin off a, off a bird. But once you get that and you start, stuff the carcass with some like onions, some carrots, X, Y, Z, whatever you want. I don't really like stuffing. No. I like just putting the raw veg in there. Do you like you don't like stuffing in the bird, or do you do it as a separate thing? I or just you just don't, don't like want it, it at all. I don't like overall. Really? Nah, man. Because I've only ever had like the raw. I've had like fresh stuff and people made it from scratch. But normally, I grew up on like the processed stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just for me on the plate. That was the blandest thing. Yeah, you know. So yeah. get your turkey, put it on the roasting track, uh, roasting rack, let it roast off, and then just let it rest for as long as you cooked it. The resting point is so important. That's my favourite part. What, waiting? Yeah. You got, you're a patient man. you got to start early. Start cooking early. <laughs> start cooking from 10. Because we always cook, um, we always um, try to plan so our Christmas dinner is ready for the, the Queen's speech or the King's speech now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. that was our tradition by like three o'clock. So you're done, you're dusted, you're cooked early, ready. you've eaten, you're ready, you're sat down now, in front I want of the, the first, television. I want the first bite to be in unison with the Queen talking. Oh, right. You actually like, serve it up with the with the speech. Yeah. With the speech. Right. Very random. Cooked, <laughs> rested, ready for ready for the speech. Yeah, because I, well, how I see it is once you've cooked that turkey, especially if you don't have a big oven and you don't have a big kitchen, like growing up, I didn't have a massive kitchen, so the turkey would take over the whole oven. Yeah. So then when we when I finally learned that you must rest the meat, then it makes it so easy to make it other sides. Because while your meat's resting... That's when you can go and crack on with everything. So you said you learned then, but who taught you to cook? Because your background, right? So you grow up, yeah. you're you're not a trained chef. Nah. But you know food. Uh? I, do, I do I do know a little bit. I've I've I mean, growing up I was always a young fat man, so I was always attracted to food. Food always looked beautiful <laughs> to me. Um by the time I was like nine, ten, started cooking at home for my mum, like just just making little breakfast and stuff. Then she was pregnant with my little brother. And I wanted to help around the house, so I started just cooking to help. And then I learned a lot from like just like watching Saturday cooking shows, you know, like like and then stuff on like Channel Four and stuff. Big up Simon Rimmer, um, the incredible guy. <laughs> um, he doesn't know, but he's a big inspiration to man. Well, he does know. I always say it all the time to him. Yeah. Um, but people like him, and you know, like your James Martins and stuff, and just watching watching Jamie on telly, and then. And then when YouTube comes out, watching different types of food on YouTube, growing up with that. Then I started doing catering in school, in, in secondary school, so GCSE. So every every year, the older I'm getting, the more knowledge I'm getting on food, more I'm falling in love with it. Then by the time I'm in my teens, I just started cooking for my friends for fun. I worked in a chicken shop as, as a chef, as one of the a chief grillers. And then... Um, just went from there, man. Just, just, it just carried, it kind of snowballed from there. I just started making music. Did start cooking online for like promotion, then got offered a cooking show, and the rest is history. The things kind of match together. They, yeah, they've kind of grown all from a love of food. Yeah, literally, just just, just wanting to just cook for my mom to eventually be in a a, a, a so called chef. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. 
Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind. Like the new Inspire Leggings by Kalia. Their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. So when you cook on Christmas Day, you've got a load of vegetables, you've got everything left over. Those leftovers, see, my tradition is I love Boxing Day, like mm. almost more than Christmas Day because <laughs> I love the cold meats and I love the things that you do. I love doing things like bubble and squeak. Is that being a uh-huh. thing in your house where you do, like you refry like vegetable, like patties? My mum loves, loves a stew. So my mum will make a big stew with like, try and make the stock from the from the carcass of the turkey and like get that get that proper like going get your stock going boil that up get your veg in there yeah chop up your veg get a bit of the meat shred the meat get it back into the stock now right make a nice like warm soup my mom loves the soup kind of stuff i'm a bit more creative with it i might make a stir fry one year like one year we made a stir fry chopped up all the veg chopped up all the meat got got it in the pan bunch of seasoning bunch of sauces soy sauce oyster sauce all that stuff um I like an omelette as well. Yes. Like a breakfast. A turkey omelette. Breakfast turkey omelette. You could put some other things. You could tuck some other things in there, couldn't you? Well, yeah. Tom would have some stuffing in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I definitely. I see. I'm a big stuffing fan. I love stuffing. Are you not, are you not a stuffing fan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I like I like stuffing. Brussels sprouts. You could have some sprouts, sprouts in there, couldn't you? My mum does sprouts with prawns Ooh, every hello. year. See, so that's a new spr- one. She yeah. does the sprouts with the prawns. So she, when she braises the um, Brussels sprouts down... She'll add some some fresh prawns in there, and it just gives it this weird flavor. But it's really nice. And it goes served with the turkey. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> I don't eat I don't eat pork, but I can imagine like you know yeah. like Brussels sprouts with like some pancetta. Yeah, yeah, adds yeah, that yeah. little layer of like protein and fat in there. Yeah, yeah, and it just gives it a little glaze. No, I can I can actually she does that see with how that works. Seasoned though, heavily seasoned, heavily seasoned, loads of salt coming through, so those flavors yeah. are pulled. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. got a BBC Good Food recipe for sprouts with marmite butter, mm. which is unbelievably good. Yeah, um, and I think that even people who hate marmite would love this. You don't yeah. tell them it's marmite; it's got a kind of miso flavor to it. Yeah, it's like really, yeah, really rich and lovely. Those umami flavors that come through is, is magical. I love it. I love it. So, is Christmas like an important thing for you? Because we've got like this year's theme for the. BBC Good Food magazine yeah. is make it meaningful. Yeah. So, how do you make Christmas meaningful for you? I mean, I'm 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 Muslim, but growing up in a, in a Christian country, you you embrace you embrace it every year. You know, when I was in primary school, we was doing nativity and like, you know, I was one of the three wise men and stuff. And you learn about the story of Christmas um, through like Roman tradition and like understand the origin of stuff. You know, people think it's Jesus Jesus's birthday, which is cute, and I appreciate what it is because I come from a monotheist religion. So for me, it's, you know, I growing up, I used to have friends who were Muslim and be like, oh, we don't celebrate Christmas. I'm like, well, you live in England, you know? So if I was a Christian person living in a 
Arabian country and people celebrate Eid, I would, would celebrate Eid as well. So yeah. I see it as the same thing as that. So me and my family, we really lean into it. We 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 embrace it. And um, the food is massive for us because me and my mum, when we go back to back on food, it's like a military operation. You know, she's up cleaning the bird. I'm here prepping the coleslaw, thinking about how we could... Eat. And like I say, it's only three of us. So we make so much food. And will it be the three of you again this year? No, this year I'm going to be in Africa. I'm going to be in Sierra Leone. Um, Sierra Leone, they do Christmas a little bit different over there, but they love Christmas as well. Massive thing for them. Um, in in West Africa, December is summertime. So it's very hot and you eat Christmas dinner very early. Um, they do try to do the turkey and stuff, but I'm from a Lebanese background as well. So on in like a Lebanese Christmas tradition, you have a lot of stuffed, like you have like sheep belly that's been stuffed with rice. Do you guys know Dolma? You know Dolma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like similar to Dolma. So it's Dolma make... with the uh, vine, vine, vine leaves. leaves. Yeah. So yeah. instead of vine leaves, one tradition in, in Lebanon is to do it with cabbage. So you get steamed cabbage stuffed with rice and meat. Um, then you'll get the sheep belly. You might have like some eggplant. You might have some courgettes. You, you, you have all these different things that are stuffed. And then you have, that's like a big thing on, on uh, Christmas for Lebanese tradition. And you also have a lamb's head, the whole head of a lamb. And, and does that go down in the middle of the table for everyone to kind of like help, like yeah. a stew? You, you eat bits of the head. Yeah, so you might have a bit of cheek, yeah. you might have a bit of brain. Um, just to go <laughs> yeah. back to the, uh, the lamb belly, is that, yeah. what, what is that? Like? So that's like, it'll be like tripe, but like a big tripe. bit of tripe. Right. Sewed up. Right. Filled with rice and meat. And then they steam it for a very long time, so it becomes incredibly tender. Yeah. And you kind of just bite it. <laughs> like, you might slice it with a fork and apple, you probably just pick it up and give it a big bite. It's very so random. I've got to be honest, but so, so your background, so you have Sierra Leone, Lebanese, yeah. you growing up in London yeah. uh, with, with so many different types of, I suppose, um, heritage to draw upon for a Christmas mm-hmm. tradition. Is there anything oh, that your family do every year? Every year. Uh, apart from the, the Queen's Speech, Queen's Speech is probably the, the biggest thing. And then um, giving food to the to homeless people in our area. I love that homeless, that, that idea that your mum took down stuff as it, while it was still warm. Yeah, while it was still warm. That was a big, adorable? I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest that's, tradition. That's so nice, Thank isn't you. it? Yeah, yeah it, I love that. It started from just sitting in the house one day. We've got so much food. And like, we, I, had a, I used to have this, this guy that lived downstairs from us. Um, who I always used to walk past every day. So that, that one Christmas, I was just, I said to my mum, should we just give him some food? And my mum was like, cool, it's hot. Get it in some Tupperware. Bam. A couple of people, obviously people move on. People move on, people go to different places. So we don't have no, we don't have a queue jump outside. You know, it's not Ministry of Sound, but it would have been, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> not Ministry of Sound. <laughs> that would have been hilarious though, if you had a big queue of brothers waiting. But you know, it's, you know, if you've ever been to Victoria, if you know London and you've been to Victoria, you would see there's a big homeless population over there. And, um, for my mom, I feel like it's, it's it's a big thing for her because, you know, living in an area where you do have a lot of, of, of people living rough, you want them to feel that as a community, we we got you. Do you know? Especially in got Christmas where it's, it's cold and you may walk past this person every day, you know? You can't help people all the time and you can't help everyone, you know? Some people, it's cost of living crisis. Some people just focus on helping themselves. But I feel like Christmas is a time where, you know, if you're indulging and you're overindulging, even if you haven't got homeless people around you, even if it's just knocking on your neighbor's door and be like, "Have you have you had? Do you want to have some food?" And yeah, you know, I I come from a very multicultural, 
block where, where where we grew up in in Victoria when we moved there, and so many different cultures in 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 that one block. And on Christmas Day, like I'll have like one of my neighbors bringing us some pakoras, and then someone else might be bringing us some like spring rolls, and someone might be someone might have made a soup. So the whole block is interchanging food as well, which is crazy. So there's so much food that. If it doesn't go to someone, it's going to go in a bin. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love that. That's one thing that I do love about Christmas. You mentioned that, like, it, 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 from doesn't matter of religious heritage of what it is, no, or man. it's a, a essentially a, a, a Christian celebration. But actually, it runs so much deeper. Like the whole of the country feel that, or, or the world, like, are connected to this kind of just this. It's a holiday season, but actually, it's about connecting with other human beings. Yeah. It's, it's a really nice, an amazing time of the year where you think about each other and all being on the same wavelength for one day at mm. least in the year when everyone's mm. roughly in the same spirit and mood it's yeah. pretty incredible isn't what's it? your favourite part of a, of a Christmas dinner though because mine like, it's like, I've always got to go for it like it's, it's a pigs in blanket like yeah. it's my thing I love it yeah. like, I, like I know as a non-pork eater you're, you're going to swerve that but no, what's, it's the painful. Bit, what's the <laughs> bit that you it. go what's the bit you're going to go oh, like, I'm one I look at pigs in blankets and I think they look so delectable <laughs> <laughs> like what, I know there is there's probably a vegan version that's coming to the market this year <laughs> that you could just slap in the oven. Yeah. So I'll probably try to buy those. But um, for me, uh, okay. So I like croquettes. I love the pre-made ones yeah. from a certain bougie supermarket. I'm not going to say the name, but you can have a think. But I love the croquettes. I only really buy those croquettes when it's Christmas. Um What's oh, in them? Potato, potato Yeah, just the croquettes. potato one, just croquettes. the plain ones. I remember those. I haven't had those for you years. Know the plain ones are just breaded. What shape are they? Are they round? The, the, yeah, yeah, you have the round ones, you have this, the ones that are like, kind of like cylinders as well. Are they, they best, best ones? Cylinder? I'm yeah, going to go and yeah. buy these. I think I, I think I like the cylinder ones that I just I slap them in the oven. You need what, deep fry them? And could you have them with some Greyo? Of course. <laughs> A dollar for Greyo. Of course. Wowzers. <laughs> Bit of Greyo. Um, I do love gravy. I like making the gravy from the bottom of the pan. So when your turkey's finished and roasting, take it all out. Yeah. Get it and just get it going. Just do your thing. Like I, I love that bit of stock. And if you ain't got stock, just use some some gravy granules and some water. Yeah. And you'll still make an incredible. Because you're using the flavor from the pan. Yeah. And when I first understood how to do that, and I'm putting it on my electric cooker, just putting the tray right on the hob. I'm thinking I'm gonna burn down my house. Yeah. But then you start realizing, yo, this is this is not as hard as it looks. It's proper know? cooking. But it, it just takes your gravy to the whole next level because it is it's all about levels and foundations of flavors and every little bit of it I yeah. love, do you know what i love so much that you you've come into cooking you're influenced by media by you know weekend television by yeah. cookery shows by youtube by by magazines that you've gone into it but also you've taken it on to such a, an extent that you love it so much that you're now teaching people you're showing yeah. people what you've learned like yeah. i think i think it's amazing but with that though and your cooking what's what's your biggest cooking disaster Ooh, biggest cooking disaster. You know what? I've had a couple in my life. Yeah, I went. I went on live telly, and I started a flame, but it was it was it was a manageable flame. <laughs> but it, there was a flame. <laughs> I'm not gonna say too much about what happened, but food was cooked. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, live I, television and fire. Don't live television together. and fire don't really go well. And I guess I guess just thinking back, I guess when you put so much effort into a stew or food, yeah? And it'll be the times that I've left the stew on 
and forgot that it's going on, gone back and the whole base is burnt, yeah? And I've, instead of just ditching it and trying again, I'll just continue to cook it and just eat my burnt tasting ragu. That's the worst, isn't it? Because once you're doing something like a ragu or a stew or something and you get the catch and it's burning on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's it. The flavours all the way through it. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you just carry on with it after all that. <laughs> Could you not scrape off the top layer and throw away the, I yeah, wish. the bottom? Yeah, if it's I wish. <laughs> you know the worst is when you make a mirepoix. So when you cut like onions, carrots, celery, you do the whole thing, yeah? And that burns. You might as well just order takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do it with carrots, right, and you burn the carrots, it's mm. different because the carrots yeah. aren't bitter. They got the sweetness. Yeah, they, they get, get sweet. Cake. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Don't burn the, the celery though. And the yeah. onion yeah. and the gets, garlic. Yeah. Burnt garlic. Yeah. Burnt garlic's the worst. Yeah, a lot of people burn their garlic. Yeah, they Put don't understand. People don't understand how sweating garlic is so important. The levels of it. But I've been lucky. I've been browning my garlic long enough in my life to realize. Okay, maybe don't add it now. Yeah. You know. Do you know what I love doing? Frying onions of garlic and just adding some water and just covering it. Just let it bubble away. Long I don't know why. Slow. I don't know why I love it so much. It's bit, it, the starches, like starches and sugars come out. There's a little reaction that bubbles yeah. together. It's magic. And it makes yeah. your whole house smell like... Yeah. People yeah. always walk in, ooh, what are you making? I'm yeah. like, just onions and garlic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame when people burn onions and they get that kind of charred thing going on and it's kind of yeah. raw. So the onion's raw, but it's kind of blackened on the edge and that's yeah. the worst of both worlds. Yeah, you want slow cooked down ones. I like, see, I like when you go to football matches, I love the smell of hot dog onions. You know, yeah. like that caramel, yeah. like that sweet yeah. smell smell of like yeah. roasted onion yeah. that the that hot dog vendors do right like if they're doing that right come on you've yeah. got to be able to do it at home I, li I like crispy onions though we're going on an onion run yeah i like crispy onions in like you know like in a in a pilau rice and yeah. then they have that layer of crispy onions in it so they've steamed in it in the rice but they still have the crunchy crispiness and they uh, still got that flavor yo still got that flavor is there a food then that you've never tried i mean it sounds like never I mean, tried yeah food that you'd like to oh you know what i'm i haven't tried sea urchin okay but i've been seeing it recently yeah i'm getting more foodie i just finished a, a travel show um with itv yeah and um just finished that and where have you been we went to bologna Cyprus, uh, we went to Valencia, we went to some other places. Um, but when we was in Valencia, we was in a fish market and I was like trying raw clams and like eating raw octopus and stuff. It was just so random, like trying all these things that I've never really tried before. And then I definitely eaten a lot of food, but then I saw the sea urchin and I was like, I should eat that, but I'm not going to. But See, have, you, I, have you eaten urchin? I have, yeah, but I have a shellfish allergy. But oh. I've, I've eaten everything. I haven't. I've eaten them all. It makes me very, like, really ill. But sea urchins, they're on that level of sweetness that, you know, like scallops. Yeah. You know, like that level. If you like yeah. scallops, sea urchin is like the next level. Okay. It's ne and it's creamy. And it's like, yeah. you should have got, because it looks scary. It, it looks, looks like, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> you eat it from underneath. Yeah. yeah. So it comes in the shell. If you get it, the, the shell, where well, the shell is big and spiky and looks at, like, it, it, I mean, it's enough there to say, don't eat me. Yeah. But actually, then when you scoop it out, it looks a little bit, same colour as like really nice, deep uh, orangey muscle colour. But yeah. the, fla the flavour is sweet and rich. And it just looks so interesting. Yeah. I don't know about that, boy. But yeah. I'll try it one yeah. day. Yeah, that's the one you want to try. What about a guilty pleasure? Oh, I love packet noodles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really bad. I don't put them in the microwave. I don't boil them on the hob. Nope. I just boil a kettle. But slap it in, put a put a plate on top, wait 15 minutes, come back. 
That's it. My favourite. That's it. And right. I can indulge in that and for years. Uh, don't, you don't need... A Tom Yum soup flavour. I have a specific one that I buy. That I, like, I get it from the Korean shop in my, in, in my area. And I... It, yo... I don't want anything with it. I don't want egg, spring roll, coriander, sesame seeds, chili. I don't want nothing. I just want pure, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the best guilty pleasure I've got, to be honest. Right, I have got some quick fire Christmas questions for Go you. Go on. Sprites, love or hate? Love. Yorkshire pudding at Christmas, yes or no? Every day, yes. <laughs> Ooh. Favourite Christmas tip or favourite Christmas drink? Uh, oh, I know cranberry juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are you kissing under the mistletoe? No one. Really? Not this year? No one. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your Christmas sandwich? Uh, a gravy layer of Grayo. Grayo. A Grayo Christmas sandwich. What's the worst Christmas present you've ever received? Uh, uh, it was uh, jogging bottoms that were covered in polka dots. <laughs> what am I? Who gave you them? Uh oh, my my stepdad. Yeah. I was like, you don't like me. <laughs> but he does like me, it's cool. <laughs> Most overrated Christmas food. Uh, uh parsnips. No. Yeah, I hate them. Why? Just, just ugly versions of carrots. Okay, I'll go with that. <laughs> Sorry to all parsnip lovers. Yeah. <laughs> and favorite Christmas movie. Oh, the, the Toy Story. To Toy Story? Yeah. Toy Story 1? One. 1. Original. Andy. Love it. <laughs> okay, then the final quickfire question. You have 10 seconds, right? How many gifts from the song 12 Days of Christmas can you name? I'll start you off. On um, the first day, it was a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, pear tree. Uh, Go. Five golden rings, four shamanas, three the last two. Ba -da -da. I'll never know. <laughs> yeah, that was I'll a, never know. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get many right. Uh, you did. You, I know it as well. Like ten seconds are up. You did get the five gold rings, five and it was a wonderful rings. singing voice. Yeah, four shamanas, three badass, two shamanas. <laughs> And no one knows what they're saying. Let's be real. No one ever knows what they're saying. No, no. <laughs> Four uh, birds are chirping. I know that's one of them, no? No. Birds are tweeting. No. Four freeze our birds in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you make them up, it's okay. Uh, yeah, 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 to yeah. make them up, isn't it? They yeah. can't. Yeah. He's a musician. Yeah. He gets yeah. his own version. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like... 12, 12, 12. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, listen, what makes you optimistic for the future, Chief? Ooh, that's a beautiful question. I would say um, togetherness. We're seeing it in society a little bit more now. I think social media was quite toxic in a certain type of way for a while. But I feel like now people... Like, you know, like-minded people are aligning on, 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 on the internet and in real life. And I feel like togetherness is what we need definitely next year. You know, there's a lot going on in the world right now, but the more we can come together and eat mince pie brownies, I'm sure life is all right. Well, I tell you what, you can have, you've, you've still got a long way to go to get to your fourth. You're going for, you're going for number two, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Big Zoo. Orlando, thank you very much for joining us on the, another Good Food Christmas edition. You can listen to the extra bonus uh, on Thursday where I'm giving a recipe for curried vegetable patties. Perfect for leftovers. And that's a wrap for the Good Food Christmas series with me, Tom Kerridge. We've had so much fun in this Christmas series and we hope you have too. 
be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our brand new health series coming out in the new year. Our health editor, Tracy Ray, will be finding out all about how to eat well and start 2024 at your best. But until then, thanks for listening to the Good Food Podcast. We'll see you soon.